I had a very strange childhood. Had the worst case any doctor had ever seen. My job is to keep healing. So that is the story. We all have remarkable stories within us. Stories of adversity, challenges, triumphs, and ultimately of healing. This is Your Health, Your Story, the podcast. Welcome to this 114th episode of the Your Health, Your Story podcast. I'm Casper Schultz, your host, and today we're going to be talking about the story of traveling healthy with myself, yours truly. We do not have a guest on this short. I will keep it sweet and simple and talk you through what so many people have questions about. How do I travel healthy? What have I picked up? from my father, from many other experts that I've traveled around with. I don't do a crazy amount of prep and and so many actions and the compression socks and everything, but I do have a set number of things that I do both before, during, after to prepare myself. So let's jump into it. Number one, I want to talk about what I pack when I actually go and travel. And there's a few essentials that I always bring And this is something I picked up after getting food poisoning abroad, being in malaria zones, and just being in some really out there places where you want these things. So number one, I carry something called a Kubasan. It's actually Plio-Oku, O-K-U. That's it, Plio-Oku. It's from Sanum Remedies, and it is a homeopathic remedy that is excellent for any type of food poisoning, any type of GI disruptions. Basically, if I'm somewhere where I'm a little bit sketchy or I'm kind of off the grid and I'm eating things that I'm not so sure I'm not in control of sometimes or feel they may not be um, in the most sanitary uh, preparation zones, then I will always take a few drops, about seven drops of Plioku, both before and after eating something. If I happen to get an acute case of GI, you know, infection, then I will up that to about seven to 14 drops every few hours. But usually this is really good at killing whatever may be there that causes GI infections. So that's something I absolutely bring. Another one is artemisinin. This is a sweet wormwood extraction. It's been shown as anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, an incredible antimicrobial. It actually kills malaria parasites. And this is something I brought when I was in Africa in uh, different, both yellow fever and malaria zones. And I was probably the only one that did not bring actual kind of pharmaceutical medication and brought this instead. Completely fine. Never got in trouble with it, but it's a really good antimicrobial in general for anything. You can match that up with the Okubasan and you're at a pretty good spot to tackle a lot of different things that are out there when you travel. I always bring vitamin C with me as a given. You're going to be stressed when you travel. You're going under different types of stress or whether that's going through the actual airplane process, going into different time zones, jet lag, your body is going to be confused. Vitamin C is essential. It's just one of those things that if you're trying not to get sick, just take a high quality vitamin C. You can even do the emergencies and all that. I'm not knocking it that you could buy at the airport, but bring you know, for me, it's like a Soroyo Thorn Research or something like that. Just a, a, you know, one gram per per pill, sort of 1,000 milligrams vitamin C. Take about five of those before I leave. So I'm not just packing it. I'm actually, those are the three things I do pack, but I'm bringing that along with me and taking the vitamin C the night before 
One other thing I'll bring just in case, and, and this is especially when I'm going Asia or somewhere where there's it's really far away and that jet lag may hit me a little bit more, that is melatonin. And that's just in case to, to kind of reset things circadian-wise if it's 12-plus hour difference. But I'm usually not taking that. I will bring it just in case, though. So now let's get into, I'm packing that with me. You see, it's not really that much I'm packing with me there. It's how am I preparing for the flight. The night before, I want to already be getting set if I am going to a different time zone to start to sleep closer to what that time zone is like. If I'm going to Europe, I'm going to get to sleep a little bit earlier because they're ahead. If I'm going somewhere else, let's say across to LA or California or anywhere there on the West Coast, I'm going to try and stay up just a little bit later. So I'm just moving my sleep and wake up time by a few hours, usually a few nights before, depending on how big that change will be. I'm also the night before going to load up on vitamin C. I'm going to probably make myself a grapefruit lemon, like a fresh squeezed juice with elderberry syrup in that all immune boosting, great things to have before. Cause again, you're going to be putting yourself in a stressful state. You're not going to be probably moving if it's a long flight. There are things there, are stressors that can absolutely impact your immune system. So I'm going to be doing that. The day of my flight, I'm going to start to fast a little bit. I'm not going to eat too much. I'm not going to put a big stress on my body that way. When I do finally get to the airport, I'm always an opt-out security. This is one thing that, that troubles me a little bit. And why? Because it's, it's a drop in the wrong bucket. And I will avoid drops in my wrong bucket any chance I get, meaning any type of toxicity, EMF exposure. I'm going to have a bunch already. I'm on a flight. Well, I know that's going to impact me. Why would I keep adding to it? And besides that, TSA gives me a little pat down massage before I get on the plane, a little uh, lymphatic drainage, maybe. Uh, I'll, I'll take that over getting a EMF burst, basically, every time you go through that scanner. So I'm an opt out. I am also going to be hydrating quite a bit, usually mineral water. I understand the, the necessity if I'm going to be, again, stressing a little bit about this, going through getting on a flight, changing hours, changing time, total different destination, then I want to make sure that I do have my minerals up there. And one of the easiest ways while hydrating is mineral water. So it sucks that you can't bring stuff like liquids on anymore because you do usually, and it's someone I was talking to recently, like, how do you travel and not drink out of plastic bottles? I, I haven't seen many places in airports that actually have glass. Once in a while, I, I've seen it. I'll do that. But I, I believe for, for safety reasons, I get it. They want plastic, just easier. Broken glass could be a weapon, I guess. But on the flight itself, so I'm on there with my mineral water, usually bring uh, enough because I don't want much coming from the actual flight attendants and their food there and their options there. I will begin circadian rhythm fasting. And this is a, a, a big one because usually flights actually go based off of where they're departing from not the destination and giving you food and putting on lights, all these things which screws you up because you're actually flying somewhere else. And a lot of times there is that time difference. So you got to be on top of that. And for that, it's basically ready resetting your watch. I'd probably do this the night before actually, or on the flight, setting your watch to the time of the destination and then eating around that or trying to fast as much as possible. I normally do not eat on planes 
Uh, if it's a long flight, I try to bring snacks. I have been known to eat on planes. I mean, some first class service looks good. I would still make the case. It's probably not that good. It's reheated. It's got more bacteria than it should. It's a risk and it's probably low quality in some ways, even though it looks fancy. But look into circadian rhythm fasting, and that's really trying to fast as much as possible, but also have a little bit of what you would maybe breakfast, even though it may be kind of the middle of the night on the flight there. So that's something I always look at. I am wearing blue blockers a lot of the time on the flight if I'm doing certain things. And I do use flights to be super productive, especially if it's daytime at the destination. I want to get my mind not into thinking it's still nighttime in New York City. I should be going to sleep. No, it's morning in Singapore. That's where I'm going. I am working as if it's morning in Singapore. Unfortunately, the opposite could happen where it's morning where you're leaving, but it's night somewhere else. They have the bright lights on. They have everything going and, you know. Flights are are normally not the healthiest places between the lights, the poor air quality, all that. It kind of sucks. So you got to bring your own stuff, bring the blue blockers with you, wear those, uh, especially when it is near the evening or nighttime of where you are going your destination. While you are traveling as well, one of the things, if you want to try and mitigate that EMF, wear some Shungite. I always have my bracelets on me. I sometimes even bring a... uh, a little bit more in my backpack for where I'm going. Um, do the U matrix as far as like cell phones, everything like that, that can protect you. I, you know, that that's the best you can do. Again, try, try not to overthink everything and bring so much with you. I'm a minimalist. I'm not bringing my Soma Vedic with me. Usually I'm not bringing all the other kind of tools I could bring and nano V and this and that you could always pack that stuff. But I, I believe in minimalism when you travel now, Once you land, this is kind of a big one. You want to, again, try and beat the jet lag. I'm going to actually, one of the things I didn't talk because I kind of bring it everywhere and and I I don't like repack it is I bring my Nadavine, so NAD. That's an excellent way of resetting circadian rhythms and your biorhythms. So NAD actually helps regulate that. And so I'm going to be upping up my NAD both on and right after the flight to get me Proper. So it's basically trying to really shorten the time that I'll have jet lag to maybe not even feeling it too much on the first day. That is probably one of the the bigger jet lag hacks I have changing yours and always getting outside, you know, grounding as much as possible after a flight, being in nature. One of the, the greatest ways I've always been able to reset is like schedule a hike or something right when I get there. It's almost like drop my stuff out and go on a hike with either someone or have that scheduled or have someone pick me up at a certain time. So I can't really lay there because everyone knows you're going to be tired. Usually after a flight, you get to a new place, your body's a little off anyway. It's trying to regulate itself. If you take that nap, then in the middle of the day, you're screwing yourself. That jet lag is going to last days. And that's the last thing you want. So it's a terrible feeling to be jet lag, sleep deprived. Have that feeling of almost depression. You're on either a vacation or some kind of business trip where you got to go, go, go. That's the last thing you want. Now, I had a few questions for, that I want to quickly address from other people here. What am I doing on a flight? I am trying to be as productive as possible on a flight if it's during daytime at my destination. That means I am reading, I am journaling, I am writing affirmations, I am meditating. So I always have, even if there's no Wi-Fi, I have downloaded meditations to my phone. I've downloaded 
you know, different types of heart brain synchronization uh, um, frequencies and things like that for me to put those on. I normally do have wired Bose uh, noise canceling headphones just to make it a little bit more isolated and not have that constant uh, rumbling in my ear and then kind of zone out a little bit. I love being 30,000 feet in the air. I usually try and get a window seat, look out the window, get a fresh perspective of the world. How many times do you get to look down on earth from 30,000 feet and kind of really think differently? You see so little, you know, the the like little ants down there in a sense and they're big cars and everything. And, and you get to see the world differently, which I think really gets me at least to be truly creative. Some of my best work comes from being up in the air. And if I'm taking those steps to really optimize myself both before, during, and after, that makes the trip that much better. So set a practice, I think, for what works for you, but do understand that kind of circadian fasting and getting to the, the destination, uh, the time zone of your destination and really being using the flight to get in that mindset is incredibly important. I think there's a a lot of other things you, you probably would want to look at while you are traveling, whether that is even essential oils, which could be very good for immune boosting during a flight. I know lots of people you know, use that, although I don't know if that's really considerate to people around you if you have strong essential oils, but only a drop will really make a difference. Uh, I do think bringing the right books, journal, those types of pieces on with you. Always bring extra clothing. It could be sometimes freezing on a flight. Last thing you want is that thermoregulation. Thyroids being taxed, everything's being taxed and keeping you hot, cold, hot, cold. Uh, that happens a lot on flights. So you want to be able to take layers off, put them back on a lot, be prepared for that. But really, you use that time. A lot of people use that time to just watch movies, do other things. Use that time to be creative. Use that time to tap in. Of course, rest and relax when you need to put on the movies, but... A lot of people get really antsy and sit there for hours. I've been on 15 plus hour flights and uh, th those are not always easy. I did one when I once went to New Delhi to give a talk and I was wearing this really uncomfortable suit <laughs> the whole time because I didn't want to like pack it up. I really wanted to pack minimally. So I wore the suit. It was kind of tight fitting. And then but for a 15 hour flight to New Delhi, that was a little bit much for me. <laughs> And so I, I do believe in comfort. I do believe, you know, in, in wearing the right things. I won't do that again. I will definitely pack suits in my luggage in a minimalistic way. And of course, be prepared for, for what you're, you're getting in there. If you're going into a, a place that's going to be very hot, you know, absolutely. Again, more fluids when you get there, more minerals, all those types of things. And, and do the preparation, what you're getting into. So you don't feel that you are not prepared going into anywhere you are. I think that really hits on the key pieces of traveling healthy. So much of it is being prepared, is having a list before you go and prioritizing health. You're going to have a fun time. I'm sure if it's a vacation, you're going to be thinking about so many other things. Maybe you have kids take this and that. But if you just have this checklist, all right, I got this. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to beat it and, and be our healthiest when we land and not need the long recovery times. And for me, I've really gotten that jet lag time down as, as, as much as possible and usually feel quite good before and after flights nowadays if I stick to this plan. So I hope that's really helped you. I, I do hope as 
we open up more from a pandemic life of lockdowns into one of, again, going out and exploring this beautiful world, that we do it in the healthiest manner possible. And we don't do it with fear. We don't do it with, you know, just masks and staying away from each other, but we do it because we are healthy. We have strong immune systems. We know what we're doing and we're taking the actions to be at our best. So until next time, continue writing your own healing stories and safe travels if you're going somewhere cool.